I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined as always by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts. Gentlemen, Nebraska has a new look defensive line room. How do we feel about it? Give me the first thought that comes to your mind as you think about Nebraska of O'Shawn Mathis and Devin Drew, Michael Brunts. Uh, it's a different looking picture than it was this time last week. I mean, we were a little bit skeptical that Nebraska was going to get Mathis. And now you have one of the more coveted pass rushers in the portal. And now you have a guy that's played a ton of snaps at Texas Tech. So my, it's still a concern. But it's maybe dropping down the concern list a little bit. Oh, just a little. I, just a little. Okay. All right. Well, are we going to get some insight on this concern list? I'll, I'll let you guys. We'll do a lap, and then I'll come back. Okay. All right. BC, new look defensive line. What does it mean to you? Um, it definitely tilts the mood. It sort of shifts the conversation, I think, toward the possibilities now of how you can arrange things with O'Shawn Mathis and who you can get on the field at certain times and all that stuff. And, uh, and Devin drew, of course, will add even more uh, flexibility to that. Devin drew, of course, uh, talked to him the other day. He's not going to actually be here until July. So he'll have to be a very quick study, but he has been before. Uh, He was that when he started at Iowa Western really went from a seventh teamer to a starter in a few weeks. And, Obviously had some success at Texas Tech. And uh, with Devin Drew, I I know there's a thought from him and his former coach, um, Scott Strohmeyer at Iowa Western, that this scheme's going to fit him better, that Nebraska's going to be more of a four-man down lineman and that uh, he'll fit well within the interior there as opposed to the three-man front Texas Tech was running where maybe he was a little out of position and trying to make the best of it. So maybe his skill set is going to be more accentuated uh, but there's no doubt. I mean, if, if Nebraska didn't get O'Shawn Mathis on Saturday, uh, even though that was a really tough recruiting fight, you know what the reaction would have been. There would have been a lot of doom and gloom and, oh, they can't ever quite get a win and, you know, and anything. Um, and so uh, they at least avoided that. And now people are not talking about the the depth chart deficiency so much as, OK, how can this all fit together now? Yeah, so you you didn't join Brunson Iowa when we uh, discussed the O'Shawn Mathis edition on Saturday. Uh, what what are your your general thoughts on what that means for Nebraska with that defensive line, with that defense as a whole? Uh, just we'll stick with on the field, and then we'll get your thoughts on what that NIL victory basically means off the field. Well, I mean, I think I think about their sack total and I know I've been made fun of for knowing the exact number last year was uh, 1.67. <laughs> Who wouldn't make fun of such a thing? I think it was around 1.67 was their sack <laughs> average from last year. Um, but uh, that's what it was. I'm pretty sure. 
And uh, Garrett Nelson has said they want to bring that up a whole uh, one notch to 2.67, I guess. And, uh, you know, I think O'Shawn Mathis, a guy with 13 sacks over the last couple of years, you think, well, maybe he can he can uh, really help that out. I, I'm interested of how they all feed off each other, though. Like, I think um, I think he's going to be aided by a guy like Garrett Nelson, who I think is coming into his own and going to be a really good player. And I think Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner have to be pretty excited about this, you know, where you have another guy that the opposition has to worry about. It creates better matchups on certain plays for guys. And uh, you would just hope that they can get home a little bit more. And I think there's going to be times where you you can use all three of those guys, Tanner, Nelson, Mathis, on the field at the same time. So I was sort of struck when you paid attention to the interviews his mom and him have done and um, also what she was saying on so- social media beforehand of Nebraska really won this recruitment too in connecting. I know the NIL is a big part of it, but they connected better than Texas. They made it feel like more of a family and a better culture than they, the, than uh, O'Shawn thought about what he saw in Austin. And that's, that's saying something since he's so familiar with that area. And uh, also of course, Gary Patterson. So to, to get to 2.67, Nebraska would have to have like 31 sacks across 12 games or 30, three sacks across 13 games is that is that basically kind of the number are you gonna have like a can we get a whiteboard behind you during the season where you just have the sack total (laughs) and then each week we can bring it down slightly and we can see kind of where they're at do it like election night when they're down to like two states and (laughs) two counties are left to tally the votes in here's here's what i want to see i want to see like a willie mays hayes thing where every time there's a sack BC takes a, a paper sack and tacks it on the wall oh, behind nice. there until we get to 33. I was wondering if you are going to see if he was going to have to seek out Jay Terry so he could get some of those gloves, the Nebraska gloves, and, and yeah. stack those behind him. He's nope. got an empty wall right behind him. So, I mean, we can we can utilize this to, to Husker 24-7's podcast advantage as long as, as BC is okay with it. Just three months of paper, gar- paper <laughs> grocery sacks on the wall behind you. Yeah, I, I'm not against some sort of chain. If we figure out the exact number to get to an average of 2.67 sacks, I don't. Uh, I don't know why. The whole thing reminds me of if you go to a gas station and they have some kind of promotion going on, and you can like color a shamrock or a shoe, and then you can hang it up somewhere in the gas station. Like that's what that's what this would remind me of. People could submit their their paper sacks to send to to BC. <laughs> <laughs> they could be proudly displayed on the wall. I think we have something here. Yeah. yeah that, that'll separate us from the crowd. We can do that. We'll put right. we'll put the Husker 24-7 office address on the scroll right there, and you can send us your decorated paper sacks. <laughs> Get ready for the season. Oh, man. All right. Uh, I, I mentioned this, and, and you talked about how Nebraska connected, and it wasn't just NIL. But there is little doubt in my mind that this victory and Nebraska's attachment to NIL – is a big win in in being able to entice or to promote kind of what they can do with future recruits, whether that's the high school kids, whether that's transfer portal guys. Um, Brian, just from the the NIL side of things, what kind of impact do you think O'Shawn Mathis and, and landing him could have for Nebraska in terms of, of going out and, and trying to pitch other prospective student athletes? 
Well, they've stacked victories in this department now because I think when Casey Thompson sort of went public with the interviews about, yeah, Nebraska would actually, he said, was better than Texas by quite a bit with the NIL stuff and uh, just the opportunities here. Uh, of course, people might remember Sean Mathis didn't tweet a lot during it, but he had the old uh, eyeballs emoji out when when that was happening. The side eyes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's a ripple effect where there's other guys who are seeing that. And you, Nebraska sort of becomes one of those schools where it's known like they've got a good setup behind the scenes there. And it's kind of a confusing thing to talk about because it's not directly linked. We got to sometimes make this clear to Nebraska athletics, but. It's a Nebraska-based collectives um, where this is coming from. And uh, Nebraska's well-positioned right now, I think, to – I'm not saying they're the best in the country by any means, but um, the collectives around here are, are among the best in the Big Ten and probably, I would guess, in the top ten in the country. I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it feels like they um, – it feels like they've got it pretty well put together. Now where this is all headed is going to be pretty interesting because now there's talk about, they want to crack down on certain things. So we don't even know what it's going to look like a year from now, but I give Nebraska credit for whatever the situation is, whether you like it or not, what the setup of the college sports landscape is right now, you have to do your best within the framework of what it is, or if there are even frames, I don't know around what we're doing right now, but I feel like that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, I, I think you summed it up really well. And and I think the potential for Nebraska to kind of pitch that. And what is interesting to me is that sort of has emerged too with some high school guys where they have kind of made it known like we're we're involved in this space. I mean the, the NIL faction of what Nebraska's doing, not Nebraska's coaches. As you said, you do have to you do have to be able to distinguish and separate those two things even though the catch-all term of just saying Nebraska and its NIL package is much simpler. But um, that that is going to be an involvement with, with some of the top recruits that they're after for the high school thing. And then certainly, I mean, you know, Nebraska doesn't look like they're done with the transfer portal. And, and before we get into Kane Williams, I do want to spend a little more time on Devin Drew. BC, I know you talked with Coach Strohmeyer. Uh, what, why is this such a good fit in terms of playing a 4-3 versus him being a 3-4, you know, end or nose tackle? 4-3 uh, was what he is familiar with at Iowa Western and also what he sort of thought. I don't know exactly what Texas – I can't remember how their coaching setup was, but there was a shift in, in their staff while he was there or right when he got there. And sort of what I think he thought he was going to be in sort of uh, shifted beneath him. And so that was more of a three-man front. So I think he thought he was going into something that might resemble more of what he had done at Iowa Western. And um, I just think his body type and, you know, uh, everything fits fits that scheme better. And also uh, he's he's excited because he knows that he's needed. Every, there was so much commotion about Nebraska needs an interior guy. So he knows that he's important. But he also doesn't think it's like there's nobody in the room. Like he he feels like it's sort of that happy medium between yeah. I have to contribute here. I'm important, but I'm also not going to a place where it just stinks. Like there's guys who can play and I think it can work together. And, and um, he's a determined guy. He was seventh on the depth chart at his position at Iowa Western as a walk on when he got there. 
uh, had played Mike linebacker in high school, was 235 pounds. Yeah, he's like, like 6'2". That. He, he yeah. grew into being a defensive lineman. Oh. And uh, uh, Scott Strohmeyer, who's very respected around here, uh, just said uh, every day my coaches on that side just kept saying, we got to move him up a notch every day. And before you knew it, he was their top guy, like a few weeks into the season. Then he was the best player in the region by his second year there and off to Texas tech. So he's uh he's now a guy who's used as an example at Iowa Western of what can happen if you, if you put it together and he's durable and you've said it before. I think you said it last week, Schaefer, the word we sometimes don't talk about enough and anything can happen at football. A guy can get hurt tomorrow, but availability yeah. is, I mean, the biggest thing. And with, you know, that's been a knock on some guys that have left the program and Devin drew, at least to this point, uh, that's been something he's been really good at in all the stops he's been is being durable. Yeah, absolutely. Brunts. I mean, when we throw Devin drew into that kind of interior defensive line mix, it, it feels like you got a pretty strong first three in Ty Robinson, Devin drew and Nash Hutmacher. Where would you lean for that fourth person in that interior defensive line mix? Because I, I think you could give me one of like three different names, and I don't know that I would be totally surprised by it. Because I, I think that there's a, a pretty severe drop after Nash Hutmacher, if, if um, you know, if I may say so. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's there's definitely tears, and it it. The, the table kind of slides off pretty quickly after that that top group because we just don't we don't have anything to go off of. I mean, when you start talking about guys like Ruquan Buckley or Jalen Weaver, guys that are a little bit farther down the, the depth chart, um, you know that that's that's the unknown. And you know, I, I kind of said in the opening, I, I think that it's becoming less of a concern for me, but it's still a concern right now. I mean, I think you're going to need probably another guy in that group, uh, whether it's somebody that can play a straight up nose or somebody that's a little bit more, um, you know, of a four, three type player, but um, you know, Nebraska's still kicking the tires on guys. They've got visits set up uh, with Lamar goods on, uh, on the 12th. Um, I, I think you'll see some other, other names be linked to Nebraska pretty quickly here, but you know, I, I think they do need another body in there to be kind of a rotational guy because, you know, the Big Ten is a very rugged league. You've got guys that are, you know, even though uh, Devin Drew's played a lot of football, he hasn't played in the Big Ten yet. It's a little bit different animal than the Big 12. And you, you're going to, I think, need another body in there that can give you snaps and also help you against the run because that's just the biggest concern that I have right now is, is how do you stand up and, uh, you know, go go toe-to-toe with the Minnesotas, Iowa's, and Wisconsin's late in the year. You need some bodies there. So I think they've done a good job to, to start to address those things, but I, I still think there's work to do um, over the next, you know, month or so here to, to get that kind of ironed out a little bit. And if you had to give one name? That's in that tier? Yeah, that would be, yeah, who you think the fourth guy would be. Like, if you're in a two-deep, and you got, you know, Devin Drew and, and Ty Robinson are line one. Nash Hutmacher and X is line two. Who's X? Probably We're doing algebra. I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but the, the walk-on from UTAN. Colton yeah, Feast. Colton Feast. That's, yeah. Who I, that's who I think it is as well. I, so. I would put him in there right now. Um, 
you know, another guy that hasn't really had to go through the Big Ten. So we'll see, right. um, you know, how that plays out. But they like they've him. liked I, him as a practice player. He's they, also they, been hurt a fair amount too. So yeah, I mean, he's Last, it, that's kind of the mo on everybody in that group. It yeah, feels like. That's, I mean, they like him. Right. He's kind of been hurt, or there's <laughs> there's something that hasn't quite clicked there right. to where they've gotten in the mix. Right. BC, you were going to say something. Well, you guys didn't get the sense coming out of spring. I'll ask the question. Uh, beyond the guys we've talked about, did you get the sense like the from news with Newsom, Buckley, uh, Weaver, Marquise Black, any of those guys that they were that close? Was it was your feeling leaving the spring that it was on the cusp of something or not? I think Weaver's a year away. I don't know what Marquise Black is. Buckley's maybe the most interesting. Newsom, I kept waiting to see if he would pop up in the transfer portal. I mean, Newsom spoke to the media. I don't know if that means anything. Uh, I, I, he's a guy that, like, this should be his time. Like, if if there's playing time there and he can be the number two guy behind one of those top guys, like, that's that's a better spot than he's been in the last few years. So maybe he can take that and run with it. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I I think there's a reason that, that you know, Colton was out there in the the spring game. There's a reason that he's been talked about a little bit. They've liked him behind the scenes for a while, um, you know, as a as a practice guy, as a uh, you know practice squad kind of guy. Um, but or scout team, I should say. Um, whether he's ready to be your your number two defensive tackle behind one of those guys, I don't know. But that's kind of where they're at at the moment. I, I do wonder, though, if, if more four-man fronts allows somebody like a Mosai Newsome to be more impactful than maybe in a 3-4. Yeah. Because, I, I he, mean, he was, he was always a tweener, and he had to put yeah. up the weight. And I think that might be an opportunity for a guy like him to be more impactful than, than maybe, you know, if you were just playing 3-4 all the time. You know, the, the cruel sort of part of all of this is the guy that I most want to see in that position in the the four three in that interior line. Spent four years at Nebraska, basically being it might have been five years at Nebraska, being like pushed into a a three four role that never fit him, that he was never recruited for, and that's DeAndre Thomas. I would have loved to have seen DeAndre Thomas as a defensive tackle in this defense because that was the role that he was recruited by John Perella for. I mean, he was. He's one of those guys that I feel like got screwed the most out of the three, four defensive transition. And he just never really found a home because he's a tweener himself. I think there's some similarity with him and Devin drew uh, yeah. in terms of size and, and, you know, just based on what I've read kind of attitude and all of that. So I, uh, I really do wish we could have seen Deontre Thomas in this defense in a four, three. And Deontre had his moments last year. I mean, if Devin is that sort of guy plus just, a little something extra and you add one other piece, you could, you could get by with that. I mean, I think of Deontre, even at Michigan, he got a penalty on the play, yeah. a bad penalty, but he, uh, it was a, a sign of what he could do on a given play. And he had a few of those. So hopefully that's what uh, they're getting. And then just like I say, a little more. Yeah, absolutely. The NFL draft took place over the weekend. Nebraska had three, Three players selected this group, featuring Michael Bruns, Brian Christopherson, Mike Schaefer, were all confident, 100% confident that three players would get drafted. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. We were right on the number, Barely. at least in the confidence. We didn't necessarily have the right three. Cam Jurgens went in round two. Cam Taylor Britt went in round two, which I regard as a, a pretty sizable surprise. I, I just didn't think he was going to go that early. And then nothing for seemingly forever until Samari Toure comes off the board to join Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. All right, what, what level of surprise do you guys have that JoJo Doman was not selected? I mean, we talked about his versatility. We talked about how he'd fit in terms of teams looking for guys that can play special teams. Um, this was a, he was highly productive last year. I mean, there, it, it, his last game was against Ohio State, and it might have been one of the best games that he played all year in terms of film, and he was doing it with a hand injury. I, I'm a little surprised that no one thought in the age of 250-some selections that you wouldn't use one of those on JoJo Dome. I, 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 am, I find that somewhat curious. Am I alone in this, or were you guys a little taken back by that? Brunt? I mean, he was the he was the best available player for a long time. Um, like two rounds. Yeah. And I was surprised. I, I figured, you know, you, we've seen, I think, in, in some situations with Nebraska players where it gets to kind of be, you know, they don't get as – they don't get picked as early as maybe you think. You start getting into the, like, maybe sixth round or something like that, and that, that felt like, okay – Jojo is going to get picked here and he didn't. And I don't know if that was, if there was a medicals thing, you know, you, you kind of, your head goes there with his injury history. Um, you know, later in the, in the draft, you're, you kind of start looking for guys that have maybe untapped athleticism upside type guys. I kind of wonder if, if maybe he, you know, teams felt he didn't have that. I, I, I don't know. You know, there, there's any number of reasons you kind of wonder. Um, but I was very surprised that that he wasn't picked. Um, you know, I, I think the thing you can say about JoJo is he's going to use that that to to kind of drive him with Indianapolis or or wherever he ends up, and he's not going to forget that, and he's going to turn it into a positive. I think. But that was the surprise for me. 
I was disappointed to not see Austin Allen go to the Broncos at pick 232. They went tight end earlier in the draft, and, and that really kind of you know threw some cold water on, on that ironclad prediction um, with Austin Allen. But uh, JoJo was the shocker for me. Um, the, the, he didn't get picked. I was really – I was expecting, you know, maybe even like really early on day three, let alone not get picked. That, that was a big surprise. So that would be – I'm trying to think. Nebraska had several guys in recent years attend the combine and not get drafted. Like Stanley Morgan went to the combine, right? And he didn't get drafted. Uh, Jojo Doman and Austin Allen went to the combine. They didn't get drafted. I feel like there was somebody last year that that fell into that category. Um, Was Lamar Jackson, did he go to the combine? Yep. Yep. That's another one. Because he and Stanley were the same. Or maybe one of those two didn't get invited. And that was a big deal in itself, too. I don't really remember. But I, the, the surprising thing about JoJo, too, I mean, he, he was a senior bowl guy. And I, yep. I saw the stats they put out on that. And I think it was like 83% of the guys that were at the senior bowl got, got picked. I mean, it's it's kind of – it's not a one-to-one thing that if you get selected for that, you're going to get drafted. But it is kind of rare that that, that occurs. I, I think your, your general sort of thought on – the medicals probably holds a lot of the uh, holds a lot of the weight here. I mean, it, it couldn't have been a production issue. I doubt it would have been an interview issue, um, but that that did surprise me. I, you know, Jay Foreman talks about this every so often, but he basically feels pretty strongly. If you're not taken in the first four or five rounds, you should be rooting to to be able to be an undrafted free agent because you can kind of go through depth charts and and find the best situations uh, for yourself. I, I would be really curious because one of the things I've never really done, it would be talk to one of those guys and see just how many offers they had and how you go through that process. Or if you're so kind of crestfallen about not being taken that you kind of jump on that first phone call when you get it. I mentioned this on our board too. I'm curious how many, uh, maybe someone's put this out there. I'm not going to comb through it, but how many super seniors from this last year like got drafted? You know, guy. I mean, because you're thinking about in most cases they're not JoJo Doman type right. players. They're guys who they just if they if they had the goods to play in the NFL, it would have happened the year before that. And you know, JoJo, as Bruns mentioned with the medicals, you know, he's also about 25, and so um, that's probably the combination there. That is a frustrating part to me, though, uh, of the league sometimes. And I get it that they're looking for certain – it's a different level of play, and and some guys are tweeners, and so you're trying to see how they actually fit at that level. But sometimes you'll see a guy who you're like, this guy every week in college football when I watched it was a great player. And I saw this with JoJo. There was like Ohio State writers who were like, what's up with JoJo Doman? Because they remember that game and now – against he was the best player on the field against you know (laughs) except for the ohio state receiver had 500 yards maybe Um, uh also their kicker who went five for five or whatever it was yeah um so yeah i was shocked like you guys with that one i thought he'd be like a fifth or sixth rounder but uh it was a weird draft because i've been trained that number to uh sort of think that guys i that from nebraska that might get drafted are going to go around later than I think they might at this point, the way it's been, because Nebraska doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. 
And early on in the draft, it was the opposite, actually, where you get the cams in the second round and it's sort of this vibe like, okay, everything's going to kind of fall Nebraska's way. And you're thinking they're going to have five guys picked or something like this, the way it's going. And then Saturday, fortunately, there was the Oshan Mathis and uh, his dog Yoda uh, doing their um, thing at three o'clock to sort of distract from the silence. Uh, Is Oshan Mathis a ventriloquist? Did we do we know this? Like he's he's got that puppet thing, right? He tweeted he tweeted a picture of a puppet with a with the Nebraska hat on. I don't I don't yeah. that's that feels like something that needs to be explored further. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll look into that. We'll see if we can we can answer it. I I don't know how easy this is to answer. Who would you be looking for in the twenty twenty three draft that could potentially represent Nebraska? Oshawn Mathis. <laughs> okay. I mean, and his, and his dog. Yeah, and Yoda and the puppet. Um, I think Travis Vokalek is where I immediately go. And beyond that, I mean, I, I don't. Is there a, a slam but, dunk guy but, right now? I, maybe I'm just an idiot, but it's hard for me to fathom that Travis Vokalek would get drafted and Austin Allen would not, unless the like tight end class is just significantly different. Or if it's just because Vokalek is regarded to be such a superior blocker. Um, the, those are the only things I could think of in that regard. I think I think from talking to people around the program that there was a ton of intrigue from scouts coming in this year about Vokalek, in part because he's that type of guy that I mentioned where it, there, there's a lot that hasn't been tapped there in terms of yeah. his ability as a pass catcher, I think. And I, I think, too, that Nebraska is going to feature him a lot in this offense, more so probably than what we saw with Austin Allen. And uh, so I think that I think that's why there's going to be a little bit of momentum behind his name this time next year. I just not only because of the, the physical traits, like you mentioned, the blocking and stuff like that. I mean, he's got a huge wingspan like yeah it's catch off, radius like offensive tackle type wingspan and um so i, I think there's going to be a lot of reasons why scouts are going to be pretty intrigued by him all right so michael brunt suggests buying all of the available stock that's out there on travis just, just get it while you can right now he did brunch oh. just switches from tight end to tight end. i know <laughs> I, i've moved this is also me moving on he's got no loyalty <laughs> i'm protecting myself uh, BC, besides O'Shawn Mathis and Travis Vokalek, who else are you keeping an eye on? Yeah, it kind of looks like a thin draft yeah. class when you look through the depth chart because in a lot of cases you're hoping everybody is back for a couple more years, which is good for Nebraska football. It might be sort of a lean draft, but if some of these guys, like your Luke Reimer types and Nick Henrich are really good, but they're still in the program another year. Garrett Nelson doesn't seem like a guy who would – you know, move on to after this season. He's got a couple years left. Quinton Newsom is two years down the road. So a lot of the guys that pop into my head as possible NFL guys at some point, they're a couple years from, I think, declaring. And so that's a good thing. So I would say Mathis and I would say Vokalek is intriguing. You know, maybe a guy like Devin Drew, if he really pops at Nebraska, could be uh, I mean, I'm sure he's coming here with the mindset of like, I can put on film that I can do this in the Big Ten and be one of those guys. And that's actually one thing where we can connect how we started with how we're ending here. 
is I do think there is an appeal you can make to linemen in the portal of you want to really see what you're made of. And if you you put it on film, do it in the big 10 or the sec uh, as opposed to the big 12. I think the draft, I know there's more teams in the big 10 right now, but I think it was 48 to 25 in draft picks between the big 10 and big 12. And I'm sure at some point that uh, talk about the lines and how they're different in the leagues was mentioned to both those guys. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, if, if, it wasn't someone's not doing a good enough job in terms of recruiting. I This is a, a real wild card because we still haven't seen him play uh, for Nebraska yet. But if Casey Thompson has a big year coming off of Kenny Pickett's success, I do wonder, one, he's an older guy. If he has a big year, I don't think he's coming back. Two, if Kenny Pickett gets – was taken as a as a first what was he a first round or a second round guy? I can't even remember. First uh, round. First he, was, round. he was the Steelers first round pick, right? Yeah. So I mean you've got a little bit of a, a history and the NFL loves to, you know, if the next quarterback guru in college is somehow Mark Whipple and uh, it it wouldn't be a surprise if a coach was like, okay, I want to get in on this. If Casey Thompson has a big year, he goes to the draft and he puts up decent combine numbers. So I don't know that I believe that that's what's going to happen, but I think that there's at least a small chance that that could play out that way. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the quarterback class next year expected to be a little bit deeper than what we saw this year? Uh, it's. I don't know that it's expected to be deeper. It's expected to have more high-end guys. So part of it for this year was that guys like Malik Willis and others were being elevated into the first round when in other years they probably don't have that kind of clout. Uh, next year you'd be talking about C.J. Stroud for sure. Uh, help me out here. Who else would be part of that group? He's the first name that comes to mind. Uh, let's see. Then, I mean, you'd have your Jackson darts and your uh, – The kid at Miami, uh, right? Yeah. And then I don't know if either – well, Bryce Young. Bryce I mean, Young. Forget about, forget about Bryce Young. So, I, I think the top end of the board is is really high. Uh, and Casey Thompson is not going to work his way into that, barring some sort of, like, 52-touchdown season. That's um, what you're predicting? No, I'm okay. not. Okay. But I, it wouldn't shock me – if in a copycat league like the NFL is, if he were to go have like a 40 touchdown season at Nebraska, which I don't think is that <laughs> Are you insane. predicting you're predicting wow. 40, not 52? I feel better Between about 40. 40 over 52. Okay. Um, I mean the guy threw what 28 touchdowns last year of a busted thumb for seven weeks. He did. I mean, and I look, I don't think this is gonna shock anybody. I think Nebraska's gonna be throwing the ball quite a bit. So uh, I I think he has a chance to put up some pretty big numbers, and if he does, I don't think he's coming back for 2023. I want you to do this before next week. I want you to write one through 40 on the wall behind you, and then we're <laughs> going to cross off every week to see if he gets to 40. This is a closet. It's not a wall. <laughs> it's all right. You got room there. Eh, we'll see. I gotta I gotta check with the real owner of the house. Yeah, yeah. I I would do that first. So. Uh, anything we want to get on the record here before we end this tremendous podcast content? I think you ended it in a great way there. I like that. 
<laughs> Ending it by saying I feel better about 40 touchdowns than I do 52? Yes, yes. I Okay. I am going to next week, hold me to this, I will have the approximate number of touchdowns that I expect Casey Thompson to throw, if healthy, and I feel like that's a, a key caveat here, or let's say that he makes a minimum of 11 starts. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. And I will I will show up with a number, and you guys can hold me to that and ridicule me if it's not even close. Are you going to tell us, or are you just going to write it on a piece of paper and slide it across the table? <laughs> I don't know that that works on Zoom. <laughs> you want me to put it in the private chat section over yeah. here? Yeah. All right. Uh, no, I'll, I'll say it out loud. I'll okay. take my – I'm not afraid to be wrong. Okay. Clearly. I feel like I've made a, a little bit of a brand out of it, so – why, why stop now? You know? Lean into it. Yeah. So I uh, that's the teaser for next week. You can find out how many touchdowns Casey Thompson's going to throw. You heard it here first. Nothing I, else I, you guys? I don't know. I, I think I, that's great. Okay. <laughs> we have anything else we need to hit on? Uh, no, I mean, hoops was, uh, hoops was interesting, I guess, with the uh, – the possibility of Shireman putting Nebraska in the top five, but then picking Creighton. But uh, we can get to hoops at another time uh, as, as we kind of, I think in the next week or two, for sure, it'll be sort of hammered to the wall. Like this is the roster, you know, and so that we can have a full discussion then. Hammered to the wall, like the sacks that are going to be. Hammered yeah. They'll both be up there. We'll have the roster chart. Very, yeah. very interesting imagery from our podcast today, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Brunch, you have 20 seconds you want to spend on Nebraska baseball after they went one and two against Iowa over the weekend? Played well against Iowa, uh, finished one and two. They're in a basically a six-man death match right now for three spots to make the Big Ten tournament. They're at last place Minnesota this weekend, got a sweep. That's, the, that's your Nebraska baseball 20 seconds. They basically need to win like six of their remaining nine conference games, right? Six and three, you'd feel pretty good about, I think, your chances of making the, the tourney. Okay. All right. There's your Nebraska baseball update. Uh, I have nothing else to add. Plenty of stuff going up on Husker 24-7, though. Obviously, lots of coverage. Official visits are getting locked in, including uh, guys like Ashley Williams and Riley Van Poppel, uh, among those that have officially locked in when they're coming out to Nebraska in June. Kane Williams is visiting. Lamar Goods expected to visit as well here in May, so we can touch on those uh, next week. But, of course, all that content can be found at Husker 24-7, along with everything else that you can get there. Uh, I'm Mike Schaefer for Brian Christopherson. Michael Brunts, we will catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.